Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. Booker stop. Shoots a three. Shoots a D. Booker. Durant for three. Shoots a KD for three. 121-113. Suns win. And they start another day in the NBA Western Conference semifinals. We dropped two games in Denver, and, you know, we just want to protect home court. They say a series doesn't start until someone wins on the road. So we're going to try to do that game five. Well, there is a new name moving into the conversation. Best basketball player in the world. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. She is Courtney Cronin. Game 5, Courtney, tonight in Denver. Nuggets and Suns with the series tied at 2. We'll get to Devin Booker in a sec. Can I rant on something first? Highlights there, by the way, courtesy of uh, 98.7. Isn't Game 5 always pivotal? Isn't every game of every playoff series, why do we have to call it the always pivotal Game 5 with the series tied at 2? Like, in a playoff series, okay, it's a best of 7. But why don't we call it the always pivotal Game 7? Did you know, Courtney, whoever wins Game 7 wins the series 100% of the time. There aren't that many games. They're all big, important games. Shannon Penn joins us live on the show. Shannon. All right, cool. I'll I'll break it down for you here, Goldhammer. Game 5 is only pivotal if the series is tied 2-2 because the series didn't pivot if somebody wins. It can't be a pivotal Game 5 if it's 3-1 because that's actually a stave situation because you would have someone staving off elimination. So to answer your question, it's only pivotal Game 5 if the series is tied 2-2. Is it a pivotal Game 3 if the series is tied at 1? For some, yes. It can be. So then here we go. If it's Game 3, it can it can be a pivotal Game 3, or it can be, for some in some cases, a must-win Game 3 for certain teams. Yeah. Oh, ah, it's I mean, a must-win. I, I think Shannon had the right, the right, has the right answers to it. I, I get what you're saying, though. Take every game seriously in the postseason. Every game matters because it leads to an outcome of whether a team's going to be moving on or going home. Right. Uh, you know, did you know teams who win game one of a series win the series 79% of the time? Well, teams who win every game of a series are more likely to win the series. That's how this works. And, and just to help out, too, game six is also a stave situation. And then game seven is a win or go home. So there yeah, you go. Uh, uh, there you go. Well, also, it's the best two words in sports. Game, game seven. seven. There you go. No, but nobody, nobody's saying that. About Game 4. Nobody's saying that about Game 5. Nobody's really saying that about Game 6. I think Game 4 is a pivotal game, but I guess based on Shannon's logic, you can't be tied at one and a half games apiece going into Game 4. That's why Game 5 is the always pivotal Game 5. Devin Booker is averaging over his last three games 40 points, 6 boards, 9 assists, and a steal. He's shooting, they say 50-40-90 is like elite, 50% from the field, 40% from three, 90% from the free throw line. He's shooting, Courtney, 
90 in this series. 60% from the field, 60% from three, and 90% from the free throw line. He is about as hot as any player I've ever seen in my life. And think about how many minutes he's having to play, too. The other night, 40 minutes, like, whoa, they gave him a little bit of a break. He wasn't having to play 43, 44 minutes. And I will be the first one to raise my hand and say I did not think this was sustainable. Not just for Devin Booker, but the co- the compliment that he has with Kevin Durant on this team playing upwards of 44 minutes. I didn't think that this group, as constructed with its two superstars leading the way, would be able to get back in the series just with those two superstars. Frankly, Devin Booker has been the biggest part of that. Like the the number that you mentioned, he's shooting 34-43 last two games. That's 79%. That's hard to do by yourself when you're just getting shots up in the gym. But the contributions this team finally got from its bench and finally got from other players not named Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, not to take away a single outs of what they have done, especially Booker. That's the reason the series is tied 2-2. I mean, even their owner chipped in and helped them get a point in that game four, but Landry Shamit, I think, hit four threes, or was it four threes or five threes? Three threes in a row that that, that gave them that nine-point lead with like 6.45 to go. And I think they're going to need those kinds of contributions. If they try to just be a two-man team, and they've gotten almost nothing out of DeAndre Ayton in this series. Talk about a guy who's making max money who's disappeared. So they kind of have a two-man team, and they've climbed themselves back into this series as a two-man team. Now, both you and I kind of rolled our eyes at this. But then you look at the numbers, and maybe there's something to it. Kendrick Perkins, of course, we love. ESPN NBA analyst was on first take on Monday, and he made a Devin Booker comparison. Take a listen. Devin Booker has been and is the best player in the playoffs. Okay, when you talk about getting buckets at a high level, when you talk about dominating the game the way that he's been doing, right now, D-Book is number one in transition points, number one in points on drives, number one in points on pull-ups in mid-range, number one in isolation points, and he's shooting 61% from the field for the entire postseason. I haven't seen a player have a run offensively and be this efficient ever. And I was born in 1984. He's a younger version of Kobe. And if anybody disagree with that, they out of their damn mind and they haven't been watching basketball. Courtney, when you hear the comparison, Devin Booker, Kobe Bryant, what do you think? We made some of these comparisons with Jason Tatum. We've done this before with other players. I... I'm always I always like I'm hesitant to say he's the next name like one whoever you think is the one of the Legend. greatest basketball players ever to play the game and pick up a basketball. I understand though statistically speaking when you talk about the just true takeover and domination in the postseason that we've seen from Devin Booker. Those numbers, and I remember it was like game ahead of game 4 against the Clippers. He had shot uh he was averaging like 38 points a game on 60% shooting. And that was like such elite company that only Kareem and Shaq had been in the same category with him. And they're seven feet tall making two-foot shots, and he's pulling up from 30 feet and hitting them. And he's, I mean, he's in elite company. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not at all, like, discrediting the notion. I just wouldn't have put him 
in the co I, the pressure that's on him like when you get yeah. put into that category but he keeps delivering Aaron I mean it's game Co- Kobe game. had 5 rings and Devin Booker is yet to win one but I think the point is that him and Jimmy Butler have been the two best players in the playoffs with Nikola Jokic entering the conversation too you know I, it should not be lost that he had 53 points and we'll go live to Denver here in just a couple of minutes and talk more about what's going on with the Nuggets. One other thing with the Suns here on Canty and Carlin, I'm Aaron Goldhammer. She is Courtney Cronin. I remembered all of our names, even though that's a mouthful. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. There is this notion that the Suns have gotten better with Chris Paul off the floor because it's put Booker on the ball and put the ball in his hands more. Do you buy that at all? Because I don't know that we're going to see CP3 again with this groin injury in this series. We're not seeing him in Game 5, and I do believe there is a lot of truth to that because since he went down, Monty Williams has had to rely on other players that he normally would not have had to use. So you insert campaign into the starting lineup, and his stats are not great. I'm not trying to sugarcoat it, but his presence has allowed the ball movement playmaking it allows the ball to move at a more rapid pace that's what you have with Chris Paul in the lineup like my biggest concern when he goes down with that groin injury is thinking what does the ball movement look like who's going to be playmaking the guy creating the shots for other players does that have to def- do you have to defer to Kevin Durant and in Devin Booker on that all the time no, because there's campaign in there. And then, of course, when you can use T.J. Warren, Terrence Ross off the bench, like they added space. This is a league that's built on spacing and how offenses run. That adds space into their lineup. So I think the bench contributions, this is why when we were doing our list earlier, my my Monty Williams pick of putting him like the third best coach right now that's remaining among the active coaches, a lot of that's on him with the personnel he's utilized in place of Chris Paul. No question. And, you know, they need younger legs. You know, as much as Chris is one of the greatest point guards of all time, he's not right now. Um, and I think they need to wrap their head around the idea that they're going to have to win this probably without him and that when they reinsert him, it shouldn't be considered a big three or a big four. It's a big two, and then everybody else is sort of the group of supporting players around what Booker and Durant are doing. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. She is Courtney Cronin. Well, let's go live to Denver, where the Nuggets tonight, Courtney, are playing one of the biggest games in the history of their franchise, and Ohm Young Masuk is covering it for us here at ESPN, and Ohm joins us now. Um, Ohm, how would you characterize the vibe around the Nuggets after they were up 2-0, looked to be in control, and then have lost the last two games of this series? Um, I would say that they're, I don't think they're panicking by any stretch of the means. I, I think they know they've been a confident team all season long and one that wants to prove that they were the number one team in the West for like over 100 days. Um, certainly, though, I think they're wondering where their defense has been. Um, their defense has just vanished, vanished in Phoenix. They gave up 121 or more points in both of those games. They have not been able to stop Devin Booker. Uh, their bench has did not really show up in the last game. I think they were outscored 40 to 11. So Michael Malone told reporters yesterday that basically everything's on the table as far as maybe playing a Reggie Jackson some minutes here. There or Peyton Watson trying to find a spark, but really more, I think they they need to rediscover their attitude and physicality that they had in game one and game two that really kind of made this series at first, when it first started, look like it was going to be all Denver Nuggets. 
the big three of Denver with Jokic and Aaron and I were talking about like 53 points. It's nothing to to scoff at. Yet it, it was quiet because of what happened in the final moments of that game and how the Suns were able to even up the series. But you have Jokic, Murray, and Michael Porter Jr. Yet sometimes I forget Michael Porter Jr. is on this team. How does he find a role? Like, what is his role in Game 5 in helping them take control of the series again? Yeah, I think Michael Porter Jr. actually said that the Suns seem to be content. Uh, their game plan was just to let Jokic score. And maybe perhaps, you know, look, there's, there's a couple of ways you attack Jokic uh, if, you're, you're, if you're defense. Either you try to take away his assist and try to, like, uh, prevent him from getting his teammates involved, or you, and, you, or you, and then you take your chances with him being aggressive and trying to score because that's not really his first nature. His first nature is to pass first. So the Suns clearly have been like, okay, we're going to take our chances with him scoring and being aggressive. And, of course, he had the game of his life in the last game Michael Porter Jr., I think, has tried to have, have to try to find his way to get his shots in between Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic, all, all while trying to remain aggressive. And I think that's a tough fit for him at times. And sometimes he takes bad shots. I think you saw late in the game, game four, he kind of did like this pull-up three. And I think it was like a three-on-two break. Um, you know, they, they need him to be aggressive, but also making shots. Uh, and then I think Jamal Murray's the other guy. He's got to find his three-point shot. It, it, is, it has not been there since game one. And he's gotten good looks. A lot of these looks are open for him, shots that he normally makes. I think when he's making his mid-range shot, I mean, that's fine. But it's, it's the three-point shot that uh, mysteriously has kind of disappeared for Jamal Murray these last few games. Om Young Masuk is with us. He'll be in Denver tonight, Game 5, covering the Nuggets side of things between Denver and Phoenix. Do you expect Matt Ishbia to be in the building? And if so, where do you think he's sitting tonight, Om? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Matt Ishbia was not here in Game 2. Um, so if he is, he, he will be sitting courtside very likely, um, unless he decides to sit in the sweep. But I think Matt Ishbia would probably be sitting courtside somewhere near the Phoenix Suns bench. So, but I am not sure yet. I haven't walked into the building yet, so I have not heard if he will be at this game or not yet. And then, do, how how have the Nuggets reacted to you behind the scenes with Jokic getting fined the twenty five thousand dollars? But thank goodness, you know, no additional discipline for that situation. I mean, I think they're glad that he wasn't suspended, but I also think they they thought the whole situation was ridiculous to begin with. Um, I think Michael Malone was very emphatic in saying that you know, just give the ball up. I mean, calling him a fan and only referring to him as a fan. And I think Nikola Jokic, Nikola Jokic, I got to say, when he actually came up and explained his side, it was like the perfect defense for him. Not that he really needed to defend himself, but I mean, it was almost like he lawyered up and basically was like, look, this fan was holding the ball and influencing the play. And B, the fan touched me. And so like, isn't the NBA supposed to be protecting players from fans? So he kind of made his, his stance and his, his point of view perfect. So I, I just think they thought the whole situation was overblown. Um, and I guess, you know, I'm sure they, they didn't like the fine, but at the same time, 
think you'd much rather take that than the suspension. Yeah, at least he's playing tonight, and that's not going to affect the series in Game 5. On the flip side of things, the reason that this is a tied-up series is because of the bench contributions that the Suns got in Games 3 and 4. Landry Shamet was that guy in Game 4, 14, point, 14 of their 31 points scored by him in the fourth quarter. Who is it tonight? Do they go back to him, or is there somebody else that you think Monty Williams is going to call upon from the reserves? I mean, it's going to either be Landry Shamit or T.J. Warren or Terrence Ross. One of those three guys has to be able to hit shots. T.J. Warren, I mean, his shots have all come, like, in big moments. He hit some big free throws down the stretch of game four. So, I, you know, I think when the Nuggets are deciding that we got to take the ball out of Booker's hands or Kevin Durant's hands, it's incumbent on Shamit, especially Shamit, to make those shots or Terrence Ross or T.J. Warren to step up and score and, I would say on the other side of things, the Nuggets desperately need somebody to step up off their bench like that to hit big shots as well. You double Booker tonight if you're Denver or no? Um, I would as hot as he is. The dude's shooting 34-43 in his last two games. 34-43. That, that is just, like, insane. So, um, Or he's made 34 of his last 43 shots. Uh, so I, I would probably try to get the ball out of his hands. And But I think more than anything else, they just got to be, like, physical with him and make sure he does not get those shots in the mid-range, especially, like, when he just has these little pull-ups or the transition ones, the ones where he just gets to the rim so easily. It, it's, it's strange. I said this is Tim McMahon the other day. My colleague was sitting next to me. I said, I'd rather force him to drive to the rim than be able to give him that little mid-range jumper. The mid-range jumper for him is like a layup. At least make him drive and expend more energy to try to get to the rim and maybe go through some more bodies because right now, Everything is too easy for Devin Booker. Um, last thing, I saw a report that Rocky, the Nuggets mascot, who will be on hand tonight for Game 5, is the highest paid mascot in sports. $625,000 annual salary. Is Rocky the Mountain Lion worth six hundred and twenty-five grand? Um, I would say of all the mascots, I watch a lot of the mascots around the league. I, I'm very into game ops, and I would say key... Uh, does some pretty death-defying stunts. Uh, he will repel from the top of the arena down. The other day, uh, we watched him practice on a ladder, a very tall ladder that was almost like up to the scoreboard, it felt like. And he was tossing balls behind him uh, from half court into the, into the basket. He was just practicing that. So there's a lot of things that he does that puts his body on the line. I would say he's worth every dollar of that wow well the nuggets might need him to check in if can he play any d on booker and durant it would help tonight as we head into game five with the series tied at two ohm thanks for the time appreciate it ohm young masuk espn nba reporter with us live in denver canty and carlin presented by progressive insurance make sure your family is well taken care of with life insurance Protect your phones, laptops, and more with electronic device insurance and cover your furry friends with pet health insurance. Up next, Giannis says he's tired of the disrespect. What is he talking about and what does it mean? It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive 
eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. And Carlin, the podcast. Well, he is sick of the disrespect, and he is coming. Who are we talking about? It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. We are presented by Progressive. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. She is Courtney Cronin. And Courtney, the NBA all-defensive teams were released today. I guess Giannis was scanning the press release for his name. He didn't find it, and the 2020 Defensive Player of the Year, the two-time MVP, isn't happy about it. No, he's not, and he's tweeted an ominous photo of himself saying that he is tired of it, that he's coming. Where's he going? That's what I want to know. Like, Is he like coming, like I'm coming back for my due and getting on the Kia NBA all-defensive first team next year? Is he coming to another team? Because there is all this uncertainty about whether he's going to stay in Milwaukee. It doesn't look like he's going to extend his contract this offseason. Where is he coming to? That's what I want to know. Also, where is all this disrespect from? I mean, he finished third for the MVP. Like, he got a bunch of first-place votes. And frankly, I think it's fair for Giannis to be getting a little bit of criticism right now. Like, I don't think that's, Courtney, I don't think that's disrespect. I actually think that he could look at it like it's respect. Let me explain. There are a few athletes in sports who we just count on to deliver big-time performances in the biggest games. He is on that list. He's a two-time MVP. He's a finals MVP. The standard for him is incredibly high because he is without a doubt one of the best basketball players in the world. So when you hit half your free throws and you blow double-digit fourth-quarter leads in back-to-back key playoff games, I'm sorry you're going to take some flack for it, but the only reason you're getting flack is because the expectations for you are uh, are high, and they're high for a reason. Yeah, I I, I totally understand where you're coming from on that. And I do believe that that is part of it. Like the bar, he set his bar very high. He did not reach 
where he wanted to go this season. And we I know the comments that he made after losing in Game 5 in the first round about not defining this season as a failure and as more of a stepping stone. Well, you, you fell short of expectations, Giannis, and, and this is what you get when that happens. So it's the list that you're not on. It's not being heralded in the same defensive light that you were a couple years ago. Like it's okay to not make the first team, second team, all defensive teams in the NBA if you didn't deserve to be on there in the first place. Okay, but there are two bucks on the all defensive first team. What does Giannis want? The entire first team to be the Bucks starting five, the same Bucks team that lost to the Heat in five games? I mean Drew Holiday and Brooke Lopez are both on the all defensive first team. Giannis has been on the all-defensive team, first team, all-defensive first team, however you say that. He's done it four times in his career. So I guess maybe players just invent things like this as fake motivation or whatever. Courtney, I will say also, everybody wanted to speculate about where Giannis was going because the assumption is that star players don't want to stay in cities like Milwaukee. So cities like New York and Miami... Love to speculate about the possibility of Giannis going there because they feel like it's their birthright being in a big city or on a beach to just recruit every star player. Well, to me, Giannis has not shown any propensity to really want to go to a big market like that. No, like, he hasn't. I, I, I think that's so, more conjecture from us, the media, yes. and people thinking about it logically, though. Because if he doesn't sign the extension, that tells you something, does it not? Like, that would be on him. That's the first step to figuring out, is he staying? Is he going? If he doesn't sign the extension, that tells me I don't actually want to be here long term. Um, but I don't know that we have any hard evidence yet. I mean, I know that there is If he doesn't, like, we're literally waiting until, like, when it September, happens or whether but, it doesn't. But it's going to happen in September, and... I know, but I feel like the minute this series ends for the Knicks, they're going to start photoshopping Giannis's head into a Knicks jersey. Mm-hmm. And I hate to do this to Knicks fans again. The reality of it is that's probably the closest Giannis will ever come to playing for your franchise. You is really don't fo- think that they would go all in, all the picks that they have, and oh, all I, the I ability just, that they have to make this work. You don't think I, he would I don't see there. Giannis as the demand a trade, demand my way out of here kind of guy. I just don't. I mean, he's spoken very highly of Milwaukee and what it's meant to him to to win there, but there is uncertainty with this roster. Mike Budenholzer was just fired. We don't know about what Middleton, I believe it's Middleton and Lopez, and, and where their next stops are going to be after this season. The construction of this roster could come undone. Sure. He should have some say in, in how he wants it constructed and the pieces that would be around him, but I don't think it's an all-out lock that he's going to finish his career in Milwaukee. I don't think he's... He's never intimated that he wouldn't be open to going somewhere else. He just hasn't said, man, I'm looking for my first opportunity to get out of Milwaukee. Right. He's never also intimated that he definitely wants to. Like, there are some guys, like, Luca's body language right now says it all. You know? (laughs) He he doesn't want to be in Dallas anymore. You know, anybody could have predicted that that Donovan Mitchell, that that wasn't working in Utah and that they needed to be the ones to make the change. What would be really interesting is if the Bucks ever got to the point where they said, we want to trade Giannis because it's time for us to retool and rebuild. I just think he is such a rare player. You know, I mean, it took them. They had Kareem. 
it took him, what, 50 years to get a player on Giannis's level again to get them back into the NBA Finals? So if you trade Giannis, it might be another 50 years before you get a guy who is as good as he is to play for your team again. I know you might like the draft picks, but, I mean, come mm-hmm. on. There's no, there's no fair trade for a player who's on that level. No, and especially where he's at in his career. I mean, the age is one thing. He's 20, I believe 28 years old. Like he will, He'll be playing at 29 years old halfway through the next season. And I believe that like this team, as constructed right now, if you end up thinking, if you think about like how they're going to have to like find a couple pieces to replace because of the inevitable uh, attrition of the roster, yeah, that's still a championship caliber team, is it not? Totally. Like totally. look, look at how well represented they are on the NBA All Defensive Team now. Brooke Lopez, and if they decide to resign him, if he goes somewhere else, that's one thing. But Drew Holiday's still there. Last I checked, he's probably not going anywhere. Like that's a good thing yeah. to have around just, your superstar. Just, just because they failed one time, you know. The some were, some will say they failed last year. I get well, it. I, I mean, they've taken a step down hard. every year before uh, from the finals. They they push the eventual conference champion to seven tough, hard-fought games. They had the lead at home in Game 6 in the fourth quarter. So, you know, that that's the way the playoffs go. I mean, the year they won the title, Kevin Durant, if his foot was an inch shorter, <laughs> they would have gotten knocked out in the second round, and Mike Budenholzer would have been fired years ago. So those are the twists and turns of the postseason. I just don't think it's fair to assume that Giannis is definitely going to be gone. And I'm going to say, Courtney, I think he'll win another championship, and I think he'll win another title in Milwaukee before his career is over. I'd love to see it. I like it for small market teams, mid-sized market teams, whatever you want to classify Milwaukee as. I think it's good for basketball. I would like to see him stay in Milwaukee in no way, shape, or form am I saying go to the Knicks and win a title there. But if they really felt like they had a shot to do it, you can bet in about two seconds Leon Rose is calling whoever he needs to call to pull that off. If Giannis was going to leave, what do you think the place is that is the sexy destination but fits him? I think the it's best. the Knicks. I really do. And I know I, I just talked about, like, I'm not, like, rooting for that to happen. They wanted Donovan Mitchell last year. They missed out on that opportunity. They have to get some other superstar in there to pair with Jalen Brunson. And if it's Giannis, that's a team that is instant contender in the East. No doubt. That's If Giannis plays for your team, I think it's fair to say that you're an instant contender. And I feel like he should know that that is just respect more than it is disrespect. Up next, the play of the night, and we have really good news for folks in the city of Chicago. Like Courtney Cronin, I'm Aaron Goldhammer. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Time to earn some cash. The taste of money. The smell of wealth. Canty and Carlin's best play of the night. The taste of money. 
Aaron Goldhammer, Courtney Cronin with you, Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM Channel 80. I've got a great play of the night for you. A stone-cold lead pipe lock. Yesterday I had the Warriors <laughs> on the money line. It did not work too. out. I also bet them against the spread at three and a half, and they, they lost by three. So I think that bet won. But the money line bet I gave everybody is the play of the night lost. All odds on the play of the night, courtesy of our friends at Caesar Sportsbook. Tonight, I like Nikola Jokic, Courtney, to record a triple-double, plus 140. He practically averaged one during the regular season. His numbers have been better in the playoffs. The Nuggets are six-and-a-half-point favorites tonight against Phoenix. And we've heard Phoenix's strategy is to just kind of let Jokic get his. So... I definitely think he's going to get the points. I definitely think he's going to get the rebounds. Nuggets need to make some shots for him to get the assists, but I think he will. Plus 140. I, I got like N- N- Nikola Jokic, the Joker, to get a triple-double in Game 5 tonight in Denver. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. She is Courtney Cronin. Guys, hit it. Sometimes it's the worst. Sometimes it's the best. Best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is three and out. Canty and Carlin presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. She is Courtney Cronin. We start three and out with the Chicago Blackhawks, who win the NHL draft lottery last night. Courtney, why should anyone care about the NHL draft lottery? I think it's a huge deal because the expected number one player to be taken in this draft has gotten the generational talent label thrown around him, and that is Connor Bedard. So the Blackhawks, and I know there are a lot of people who think this is rigged, yours truly being one of them. The Hawks had an 11.5% chance, third best odds, to win the first overall pick in the lottery. Anaheim had the best odds at 18.5%. They were at the bottom of the NHL standings. What else is new? And then Columbus had the second best odds at 13.5%, but then they dropped to third. So why do some people think this is rigged? Because the NHL needs a market like Chicago and one of the historic franchises like the Blackhawks especially considering the history of this team the last couple years after the three Stanley Cups, and this is a clean slate for the entire organization, they need them to be really, really good. They need them to start over. They have all the assets from the Patrick Kane trade that they can utilize to build this team, and now they're going to be in line. They'd be dumb if they didn't take Connor Bedard. They have every reason now and every way and method to rebuild this team. And frankly, that's good for business in the NHL. So you're saying this is the Patrick Ewing frozen envelope of the <laughs> NHL. He did not go to <clears throat> San Jose. Instead, he was with the original six Chicago Blackhawks. Yes. I'm Eric Goldhammer. She's Courtney Cronin. Three and out on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. It's a sad day, Courtney, for our generation. I found out that Kurt Cobain had committed suicide from Kurt Loder on MTV News. Today we find out that MTV News is no more. How will you remember? One of the most important news departments of my childhood. 
it kept us updated with world events at a young age. I mean, I remember finding out about Columbine back in, two, back in 1999 from, I believe it was Kurt Loder or is it Chris O'Connell? Chris Connolly. Chris Connolly. Like, one of that, one of those two, they, they would break into TRL. They would have, like, these updates. They had, like, a whole news department that they would break into shows and, and do updates and all of that. And that was really important for me coming up not necessarily being tuned into major news networks. Like I watched it, you know, back in the day when MTV showed, you know, music, showed videos. music videos and everything else. Like that's that's how I found out my news because that's what I was watching. Boy, do we sound old. But yeah. Kennedy, uh, Serena Outchul, some of the MTV news folks. The, uh, how about Gideon Yego? Oh, they did. He was did, such um, a, he was probably my favorite VJ, though, of all time. Uh, he dated a friend so of mine good. in college. Um he also did that True Life series. Do yep. you remember, like True Life? I'm afraid of birds. Mm-hmm. True Life. You know, I have a, a eating disorder. Like yes. those were fascinating. MTV used to have fantastic docu series esque television. Riveting, and, and also, now it's Wildin' Out or whatever the other right, show right. is. <laughs> That's Nick Cannon's, you know, party time. Uh, choose or lose, I think, changed the way elections were run, and young people were able to exercise their voice. Anyway, RIP to the news department at MTV. Three and out ESPN Radio, ESPN app. This is Canty and Carlin. I'm Aaron Goldhammer. She is Courtney Cronin. We I get you ready for game five in that series next. Court- Canty and Carlin. In my defense, Canty and Carlin with Courtney Cronin is very difficult to say. It is because we have the, the, they're the C to the fourth power because Chris Canty, Chris Carlin, I'm Courtney Cronin. There's a lot of C's, a lot of like hard Cor- C's. Canty sounds. and Carlin. Canty and Carlin. I was Courtney and Canty. Courtney. Courtney and Carlin. I mean, it all sounds the same, does it not? Like, that's probably the reason I get asked to do this show because it's like, oh, you're like a double C. Like, you can fill in with the guys who have, like, the same initials as you. But, you know, I take a lot of pride in being a professional broadcaster, you know? All of the throws to break, all of the setups for every interview is just flawless. I think it is... One of my real few life skills, something that I'm exceptionally good at. And this was just a total crash and burn. I mean, I I don't know what else to say. I confused an entire network of radio listeners. I think people will recover. I'm back tomorrow, so they're going to get me again. So it'll be Canty and Courtney. No, it'll be Cornette and Courtney. Me and Jordan. So more more C's, more very hard names to pronounce. So it's Cornette and Cronin instead of Canty and Carlin. Good luck saying that. I mean, I I think I got to fill in instead of you just for simplicity's sake. I mean, Goldhammer... Doesn't have the same ring with as all the C names. All right. Well, but I'm going like to try. I, I'm going to with a flourish. I'm going to close the show right now. Joe and Amber coming up next, of course, right here on ESPN Radio as Amber's heat parade continues. This has been Canty and Carlin with Goldhammer and Cronin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Corey, Canty and Carlin. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.